Hello, my name is Ben Jenkins. Welcome back to another episode of the New Grab Radio Podcast. In the last episode, I introduced us to modes of ventilation, given that it was AC and SIMV. So in, for today's purposes, I'm going to be saying that that is considered a patient being on a rate. In today's episode, I'm going to be talking about a type of, so a mode of ventilation called pressure support ventilation. Pressure support ventilation is what we turn a patient onto when we are getting the patient to breathe for themselves. So let's start having a talk about that. So within pressure support ventilation, unlike being on a rate, the patient is the one who is dictating their tidal volumes and respiratory rate. So essentially they're breathing for themselves. But as you can imagine, if someone has a endotracheal tube in their mouth or in their throat, it's be quite, it's only a small diameter. It's a small little tiny tube that they're trying to breathe through. So you can imagine it'll be quite hard to breathe through that. It's the equivalent of what, learning about this type of setting that I'm about to talk about. This setting is called pressure support. So with pressure support, the way I learned is that imagine you trying to, to take each breath through a straw. As you know, it would be quite difficult to do that. And so essentially that's what this patient with an endotracheal tube in their mouth is attempting to do. So what pressure support does is, again, it's a different type of setting. Pressure support provides support to each breath that they initiate and they try to take themselves. Now, I don't want to use the word that the breath is assisted because that could sound like it's like on SIMV uh, volume control, like I was mentioning uh, the last episode where each of the breaths that they take, um, it's an assisted breath, so it assists it up to a particular tidal volume. In this case, it's, we're not trying to reach a tidal volume. Uh, instead, we're just trying to make it easier for the patient and not having them strain for each breath that they take. So that's one of the big benefits of pressure support within pressure support ventilation is it provides easier non-straining breaths. It assists the ones. So what's a normal value? So normal value would be about five. But the higher you go, so we start getting to pressure support of 10 and above, is that each breath they take, it's a lot easier for them to take that breath in. So one of the questions I had when I first started was, well, why don't we just turn it up for everyone? Um, but what I started noticing is that when you do start turning it up, it becomes too easy for the patient to take a breath in. Uh, and you start noticing that their tidal volumes can be quite large, the, if the, especially if the patient's already got a decent respiratory drive to start with. If you start making it real easy for the patient to take it, you can have patients having tidal volumes of like 1,500 mils per breath, so just ridiculously big. And with that, it's going to have its own challenges and it's going to have its own dangers of doing so. So I guess that's the first concept is that you've got now you've got someone who's breathing for themselves, they're having their own respiratory rate, their own tidal volumes, and we can dictate about how easy that it's going to be assisted for each breath. We're still going to allow the patient's still going to have a set PEEP and the patient's still going to have that FIO2 that we mentioned before. All of that sort of stuff is still there. So the next type of the next uh, part of this episode is going to be around well, when exactly do we switch someone from a race over across to pressure support ventilation? So there are multiple ways of uh, being able to achieve this process of getting them from a rate to pressure support ventilation. Because the first thing we need to consider is what is the patient currently doing whilst on the rate? So the patient is going to start breathing more for themselves when we start turning down their sedation. Um, sometimes we might turn that sedation down quite rapidly. We just reorientate the patient. The patient starts to become more alert. We, um, and with that, the patient starts to breathe up a bit more for themselves. So there are multiple steps of doing so. The first thing is 
we might go from what they're currently on, respiratory rate of 14, and we might turn that rate down to be somewhere around, for example, respiratory rate of 8. And I'll stand back and I'll have a watch to see what the patient does. So not only am I looking at how many times the patient's breathing spontaneously, so the rate, but I'm also looking at each of the breaths that they are taking spontaneously. Are these breaths big, decent, adequate breaths? Or is each of these breaths going to be small 60 mils, 100 mil type breaths, which aren't going to be enough to support themselves adequately? So in that case, I might just give it a bit more time. I'll um, turn the rate back up that little bit. I'll continue to monitor as the sedation starts to wear off or I start to turn it down a bit more. I just keep monitoring. I might set my alarm parameters a little bit higher because at this stage, their respiratory rate will be will be up there that little bit more. I need to just use that bit of time. Or, okay, so let's just say that uh, I might, okay, I start noticing the patient starts to, to breathe up that little bit more now. I'm starting to notice decent tidal volumes. Let's just be liberal with this approach. I might just go straight from the SIMV what I was on straight across to a pressure support ventilation and now I'm going to sit and I'm going to see what happens with this patient's breathing. Now there are two big things that I'd like for for, uh, there to come from this episode today. The first is that it is normal and it is very easy to do so to go back onto a rate. It's quite literally the click of a few buttons and it gets you straight back to where you just were. Now it can be normal when I say that is that some patients, it takes out a little bit longer than others. Some patients, when they're awake and you've just put them across on a pressure support ventilation, they're doing well, their respiratory rate's well within normal, their um, tidal volumes are you know, just fine, you've taken a blood gas, it's come back and saying they're supporting themselves just right, and then they go to sleep and then they stop breathing. <laughs> it's like, oh, goodness. So set them back over to pressure support. Uh, set them back over to a rate. That's fine. You might need to temporarily. You might need to come back and forth a few times. Um, and so the, the big second thing I'd like for you to get to this episode is that within your safety checks and a safety mechanism on the ventilator is that if the patient stops breathing for a set period of time, normally we set it to be around 20 seconds, that there is a backup mechanism that will start to go back onto a rate for you just in case. And so what happens is that a part of these safety checks, you've set your alarm parameters, making sure they're nice and tight. What I mean by that is, for example, if you've set 14 breaths per minute, uh, your high alarm might be 16 breaths per minute. So you're alerted in your alarm straight away uh, if that patient starts to breathe up. So you've set your alarm parameters for your tidal volumes, respiratory rate, for minute ventilation and the like. Uh, and there's another section down there when you're doing your checks, which is this apneic alarm. So if the patient does stop breathing for so they're apneic for a 20-second period, it kicks back into a backup rate and tidal volumes that's going to be delivered. And one of the checks that you're doing is that that backup rate and tidal volume is matching what they currently were on uh, within the rate that you had set for them. So if you'd set 500 mils at 14 breaths per minute, you're making sure that that backup rate is 500 mils at 14 breaths per minute. So again, I just want to really reinforce it to say that number one, it can be normal to have to go back and forth a couple of times. And the second is that don't feel as if you just have to just be glued to watching what they're doing is because it's going to tell you if they do stop breathing, you may just have to flick them back over a couple of times. And then the patient may go apneic for a number of reasons. Number one is that maybe they just weren't quite ready yet. Maybe it's because they went to sleep or maybe it's because you have just had to increase someone's sedation temporarily, give them a, a propofol bolus, for example. 
um, due to agitation, let's just say, and then it's knocked off their respiratory drive temporarily. And so it will alarm at you, switch them back over to it, and then trial them back onto it again. And it may, that period of time might be a little bit insane. Anyway, guys, I hope you've got something from today's episode. Again, when you start getting them onto that rate, uh, off that rate and onto a pressure support, um, making sure that we are checking their blood gases to make sure that they're not we're not underventilating patient in that way. You, you just sort of lose that aspect of control. <laughs> like you don't have as much control over this patient's breathing anymore, uh, and, it, and it makes sure that you're really having to watch what they're doing in that respect. So, anyway, guys, hope you enjoy. And there's plenty more episodes to come.